Welcome to Culture Couch, a pop culture podcast. All right, Obi-Wan episode four is finally here. Sorry, carry on with what you were saying. It stopped recording for a second. That's all right. I think like it's very much they they wrote this in like two trilogies, essentially, uh, like three part stories, Mm -hmm. right? Like episode one, I mean, part one, you had like the introduction, part two, building, part three, the big climax. Yeah. And then part four kind of starts you over um, with a little bit. I mean, you still get a little bit of uh, progression in the story, but it very much kind of after the climax of Vader and Obi-Wan, it pulled back and kind of was resetting for like another yeah it's kind of like a recoup movie. episode with some conflict but not as big a conflict obviously but we're definitely getting a rematch for sure yes i would only assume we have to be yeah um how did you like it though um it was probably a lot of people are saying that it was like a big step back for the show because they were like getting pretty good traction and then it just was like boring i actually really enjoyed it I thought it was great. I mean, it is just kind of another prison break episode because they were uh, breaking out Leia because she was taken. Yeah. Um, but I I really enjoyed it. I just, like I said, I really like all the interactions with Obi-Wan and Leia and any time that they're on screen together. I just enjoy watching them. So I, I really liked it. And we got a look more into the Inquisitor's... Um, like what they're doing and what they've been doing and their like trophy hall that they have Isn't of all the Jedis that are frozen and like that Amber stuff. Yeah. That like was really creepy. Uh, and then they even showed like, uh, young leans. Yeah. Like there was Jedi. one child in the end. Yeah. yeah. So, and it was a big room. Yeah. So, and I don't know, the Inquitters are pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just going around hunting Jedi. Yep. At, uh, at Darth Vader's bidding. Like, yeah, just like, like at his will till they're hunting them all. I really like the Inquisitors, though. I think they're really cool. Yeah. And I still think we're going to get a redemption arc for Reva. I don't think she's going to be bad throughout the whole thing. I don't know. I want to know what her conflict is, too, though. Yeah. Like with, or not her conflict, like why she wants Obi-Wan so badly. Like, I want to know what her vendetta is yeah i wonder i I don't know is she was she like one of the younglings and she feels like obi-wan didn't save them the way they were supposed to be saved and Mm -hmm. like kind of blames him like yeah that's where i'm curious is why like maybe if she feels her life was taken away because she had to run yeah yeah and he trained anakin so it's his fault Mm -hmm. but but that i don't know that doesn't feel like it's hard enough of a reason for her to do what she's been doing yeah and then also turn around and follow anakin and yeah i mean darth vader but anakin i feel like there has to be more maybe like i said i think i talked about it earlier or on last week where maybe he killed someone that she loves in a fight or something there's there's got to be some kind of explanation as to why she wants him so badly uh Again, they just show how powerful Darth Vader is. Like, mm-hmm. this is something they are not like. I mean, he just walks in the room and just picks Reva up and just, like, throws her back and chokes her. And he mm-hmm. doesn't even flinch. Yeah. 
And it's not like he's doing that against like a human. Like that's like a Sith trained, mm-hmm. you know, like, and he's just throwing them around like ragdolls. Yeah. And she's clearly like one of the more powerful of the inquisitors. And he just, I mean, I don't think she was going to even try to fight him anyway, because yeah. I think she has other motives, but I think she'd be dumb to start a fight with him. Yeah, I don't think because then she'd be fighting him, and then the other inquisitors that were in there. Or no, I don't even think there was another inquisitor. I think the other two were in there. Yeah. Oh, they were. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just think she's smarter than that, so she probably knew that if she tried, not a place to pick them. No. But every episode, I think we're just going to see Darth Vader throw somebody around like a ragdoll. Now, like they're just, and he's so big. Yeah. Like. The original series never did do a good job of showing how tall he is compared to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was just like poor camera work or older technology or a combo of everything, but like everything in this, he's a whole foot taller, a whole head taller than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And he just looks towers over people and just, yeah, dude, he's terrifying. Yeah. They're doing a really good job at like showing him at his, I'd say they're showing him at his most evil right now because yes. he, like we've talked about before, he's just in a kind of a blind rage right now. Cause he's like fresh of with these new legs and new arms and stuff. And yeah, but I really like where it's going. I like the pacing of it. Um, I, I don't know why people were so bothered by this episode. Um, I mean, yeah, it was a little bit slower, but I really enjoyed it. It was definitely slower, but I st- I liked it. There's a lot of people that are bashing the acting in this show in general, and I just don't get that either. I don't either. Because I have not seen... I mean, some of the like lesser characters aren't as great, but like mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, Leia, the one lady who's like a commander. She's like a spy. The spy. Yeah, she's, she's great. She's been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Samuel Jackson as Darth Vader is... Not Samuel Jackson. Um, Hayden Christensen. Well, who does the voice? What's his name? James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones is always yeah. Which I actually heard that he didn't record like actual voices or like lines for it. They basically used technology to take the sound of his voice and they like kind of molded words like, or maybe he did record it, but they enhanced it to make him not because he's in his nineties. Yeah. So I don't know. I like someone was shitting on it. Like, Oh, it wasn't even James Earl Jones that did it, but like they can't just generate fake audio out of thin air or like dialogue out of thin air. So I'm pretty sure he did record his lines, but they just enhanced it to make him not sound as old. Cause a 90 year old is not going to sound as like booming. Yeah. You know, but he sounds, he sounds like Darth Vader. He sounds exact. Yeah. They yeah. nailed it. I also wonder if they are able to use, uh, like old lines. Mm hmm. And, like, pull them. And pull them some. I'm sure they can. Yeah. And, like, chip them together. I know they, I think they they did it in one of the Star Wars, and I'm pretty sure it was with Princess Leia um, in Rogue One. At the end, they're like, what did they do? And they're like, hope. And they went and cut it out of uh, the help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. They cut yeah. her line out and then manipulated the word to sound just, like, slightly different. But Because mm-hmm. she only has one line in it, right? Yeah, because the guy comes up and goes, what did they hand us? And she just turns and says, hope. Mm -hmm. Like, they gave us hope. So they just were able to pull the word out of her original Carrie Fisher's audio from the original. Because she she wasn't alive when they did Rogue One. Or she was either alive, but she was so old that she would have sounded, you know, way different. Well, and she 
just does sound different because she smoked a lot. And, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like but, even her in episode six and seven, but like at that point it was fine because she was old in the story. Mm-hmm. So well, she, even in the early two thousands when she had her little cameo in scream three, remember that? Yeah. Like she definitely does not sound like Leia anymore. Yeah. She she's know. smoked her whole life. Sounds like a ragged old. Yeah. <laughs> and she does her audio for, uh, her own book that she does mm-hmm. and it's the same because she was older too and you yeah. can just tell you're like man you have smoked your lungs to pieces mm-hmm. yeah i i just wish she was alive so she could see young young leia Dude, and just I, seeing how well she was doing i feel like she would be puffed about it because like princess leia is so badass and mm-hmm. the fact that this little girl is just like no fear about yeah. these people and it's just the way she's like bossing them around I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where do you see, uh, where do you see that story going? Cause I mean, we, we've talked about it. I think it, in the first episode where there aren't really like the stakes aren't that high because we know where each character ends up. Right. Yeah. So where do you think we're going to see their story or see her story go? I think this could trigger like the start of the rebellion. So what, something we don't, when the when the Galactic Republic first fell and the Emperor rose, like most of the systems kind of went along with it because they were like, "Well, it's the new government. We'll just kind of follow it along." And even the systems that necessarily didn't agree with it kind of were like, well, "Let's not have more bloodshed, right?" But we don't see, we never see the start of the rebellion because mm-hmm. um, in Rogue One the rebellion's already full force, and then in Episode Four, I mean, it, they're full on in war by the time we get to episode four. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I'm thinking this could be kind of like one of the starts of it because everything we've seen princess Leia, she is like dedicated to taking out the empire. Yeah. Right. And it makes me wonder like, is this part of the reason she's so dedicated is like, she saw firsthand what happened. She goes home. The empire tries to come get princess Leia from her home planet. And that's what like triggered. I mean, this is, I have no evidence that any of this is what's going to happen, but like essentially her home planet's like one of the main bases or like of like of the free people, one of the big free people speeches. So like, are we going to see Obi-Wan and Princess Leia get back home? Is the empire going to come back there and try to take her from her home? And her dad, who's the Senator is going to be like, absolutely not. Sorry, this keeps. What is going on? This keeps stopping the recording. I think when I move it, I don't know what it's doing. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that that's kind of where the story goes. That would be really cool to see. I, I feel like that would make the most sense to kind of see the, the ball rolling of the rebellion. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this the other day, just cause I'm not like, you know, crazy into star Wars, but at what point do we see? Cause they blow up, uh, her planet, right? Yeah. When does that happen? That happens at the beginning of episode four. Okay, so we probably won't see that. No, because so when we see... Because she's well into adulthood at that point. Yes, and that's the first time they blow up a planet with the Death Star. Mm -hmm. So we do see them use the Death Star in Rogue One to like attack bases on planets. Yeah. But we don't see them actually like decimate a planet to nothing, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where we see that. That's also the same scene, we've talked about this, where Princess Leia is going after the commander telling him he's a piece of shit basically yeah and smells like poop to his face with darth later behind her with no fear that's the scene where they blow up her home planet mm. gotcha so i don't think we're gonna see that well also would it make sense because the 
Death Star couldn't be completed this young because they talk about when the Death Star is completed in Rogue One, and um, and she's in like her twenties, so like the Death Star would be very early on in building phase, mm-hmm. like right now. Yeah. Um. How about? Or so there was a moment when she, I think it was in episode two. Are we in episode four? This is episode four, this right? Is four, yeah. I think it was in episode three when they meet the one general who's the spy. I cannot mm-hmm. remember her name, but she's like, um, can you teach me how to shoot or something? Wasn't there a moment in one of the original trilogies where someone asks her where she learned to shoot or she talks about where she learns to shoot? Uh, I can't remember now. Cause I think it would be cool if it's not like once the dust settles and everything that like we see her training to shoot with this girl or with this lady. Yes. And then we kind of know, because for some reason I feel like that's familiar that she talked about or someone asked her where she learned to shoot in the trilogy. I don't know. I could be pulling that out of my ass. I need to go rewatch the original trilogy. I actually really want to watch all of star Wars front to back again. Um, just to kind of see where like this fits in also where Mandalorian fits in after uh, episode six. Yeah. So, like, it'd be really curious, kind of. They have these two storylines that are going, like, right between their two trilogy sets. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of helping, like, I mean, not, like, a lot fit in puzzles on the Mandalorian side, uh, but a little bit because they keep, like, throwing Luke in slightly and, and doing mm-hmm. and doing stuff like that. I actually kind of hope they did they do a Luke show, and there's actually a car- a guy that would be perfect. He's in the Underbander of Heaven. He plays one of the Laffer. Sebastian bro. Stan should do it. No, there's a dude. They've that- already worked with... He's already been working with Disney, and he looks so much like Mark Hamill. It's not even funny. No, one of the Lafferty brothers looks even more. He has like the same haircut. Even it's really? insane when he's sitting in prison. Sometimes his facial movements are almost the same as Luke, hmm. like uh, Mark Hamill in episode like five. Yeah, especially like after he gets attacked by the whatever thing. It's insane. Hmm. Um, we are seeing more development with Obi Wan as well getting more in tune with the force, which was really cool using the force again. Cause I feel like the force, whenever we've seen it, like, I mean, there's really not a lot of special effect to it. Cause it's just, you're just just manipulating whatever it is in front of you. Right. Yeah. But like when he was holding the glass, when the water was breaking, like you could see kind of like a pulse emulating from his hand. I thought, I just love like visual stuff like that. It just looked so cool. And I'm like, okay, he's like really getting into tune with the force again. Because that probably was like a pretty big feat to hold all of that water back. Yeah, they but missed, that was pretty cool. They missed an opportunity to show him do a force run, and I'm so mad because um, you see him do it in episode one mm-hmm. with Qui Gon Jinn. Him and Qui Gon Jinn do it together, where they both just, like, like makes a little, them run really fast. Yeah, they can yeah. Like, sprint for like you know ten meters or something, just like super mm-hmm. quick. And he was right there, and I thought for sure he was going to be holding the glass and he was going to force run and then have the door close, like he was going to tell him close the door and as he got like almost close he was gonna force run his way over and yeah. they didn't do it and i'm like why why didn't they do that he can only do so much right now he's still brushing the dust off true but like that's fair and he's also holding back water yeah like a ton of it like, yeah yeah uh but he is using it more because we also saw him he like manipulated the stormtroopers mm-hmm. like he's starting to get his mojo back a little bit yeah so i think i think by the end we'll definitely see a well-polished obi-wan again yeah, I hope. Yeah, one can hope. I mean, he's just so cool. Mm-hmm. It makes me hope we can see McGregor again somewhere else too. Like in, in Star Wars, in another Star Wars yeah, project. Like, I'm sure they'll they've probably figured some things out. 
with all their little shows they have planned. Ian McGregor is just one of the most, like I would say the pe- Star Wars fans specifically, the, mm-hmm. the people they like the most is obviously Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and then uh, Ian McGregor. Like those four are what like Star Wars fans love, right? Yeah. And then you have other characters like Yoda, Qui-Gon Jinn, like others that are like important, but mm-hmm. he's just one of like, and he's the only one that's alive to be, well, not alive, but he's the only one that's not old as shit <laughs> you know? yeah um i also feel like in this episode we did see even i feel like every week we're seeing more just how far reva will go yeah and we saw her when she strapped leia in that thing and was i don't even know what that device does but it looked like it had something going towards her eyes like yes. this is a child yeah and like she's not afraid to do what she needs to do to get what she wants they also tease that princess leia has the force because reva was trying to read her mind Oh, yeah. And she and, even said, she's like, oh, you're strong. Because yeah. Leia was, like, keeping her out. Yeah. But I don't know if she was intentionally doing that. But, like, which even just shows how powerful Leia is. I mean. Which I think that's a missed opportunity. We, I wish we would have been able to see more of Leia using the Force. But it's also kind of part of the story. That's that's kind of Georgia Lucas's fault. Because she doesn't learn. Because she doesn't know her lineage. And then once, after Episode Six and the Fall of the Empire... Luke starts teaching Leia how to use the Force. Yeah, which we saw a little bit. Yeah. Um, they should have done 7, 8, and 9 before they did 1, 2, and 3. While they had Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Luke Young. Because mm-hmm. if they would have done those in the 90s and early 2000s, they would have been young enough to still do it. And we could have saw Carrie Fisher, like, wield light sword and, mm-hmm. like, actually, you know... Yeah, that would have be been so cool. But they so they, we can't, like... She can't use the force a ton in this because she isn't trained. Yeah, like she doesn't even sense. know what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's just more like I think self defense, mm-hmm. and she's just like willing herself to defend herself almost. Yeah, it's like just a an instinct, which is that just is an indicator of how powerful she can be. Because yeah. a trained Sith person, Sith Lord, I don't know if you can call her a Sith Lord, but she couldn't even penetrate her mind. So it's like. I don't know. It's cool. I'm excited. I really think it'll be a fun exploration. And I just, I love storytelling. I love good storytelling. And I don't care when things like, when things don't have as many high stakes because we know where these characters are ending up. I want all the the detail and the meat in between. Yeah. Like I want to know all this stuff. So I, I'm loving the show. I think it's great. Uh, we also had another, another little fun cameo. They use the same little speeders that they use in uh empire strikes back on hoth they use them to come rescue uh those little speeders they came to rescue the three of them oh yeah those uh we haven't seen those since episode five star wars episode oh, five cool so uh that was actually a pretty fun cameo to see those come in mm-hmm. like that was a really cool scene when they came in and like were shooting at the, the bay like the loading yeah. bay area and then reva threw one of those explosives at the one ship yeah that looked sad moment it looked cool though. Yeah, it looked really cool. And just like the way she just picked she just it up like and just picks it up, chucks it out there. Yeah, and, super cool. Uh, Reva put the little tracker on Leia. So, oh yeah, she put it in her droid or her yeah her droid. droid. I think Obi Wan's gonna figure it out and set a trap. Yeah, he's there's no way he's not gonna figure that out. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. That's where I think they're going with that. I think Obi Obi Wan's gonna figure it out, set a trap. I thought Reva was lying to Vader. 
Yeah. When she said that, she's like, I put a tracker on her, of course, you know, or whatever. And then he's like, oh, I miss or I underestimated you. I thought she just was lying to him. But I'm like, he's not that dumb. No. And then, you can't like, she actually her. did it. Like, it makes sense because she took the droid away yeah. from her and was, like, fiddling with it and stuff. I kind of want to watch Darth Vader fight Reva. Yeah, like, I if, do too. If the two of them fought in the next episode, like, to the death. Because Reva's... Darth Vader's so powerful, but Reva's like I feel got like, full mobility. Yeah, I feel like Reva has to die though, because where else would she go? Like if we if she doesn't die, like why wouldn't why haven't we seen her? In you know, like, yeah, and she's not. Well, none of the Inquisitors are in mm-hmm. four, five, and six, yeah. so they kind of have to die off. Granted, they could chop that up to like they stay around, and they could do like a whole like Inquisitor series of like them going after like the Jedi. But mm-hmm. I mean. If you want to get into, like, kind of true Darth Star Wars stuff, I guess it would make more sense for them to keep the Inquisitors until all the Jedi are rounded up and killed, and then Darth Vader kills the Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. And then, because they're no longer needed. Yeah. Right? And then... So, I mean, there's still plenty of time between the end of this series and episode four to explain, like... To explain where she's been. Where the Inquisitor, like, what yeah. happened to the Inquisitors, right? Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I would prefer if they wrapped it up personally, but yeah, I could see. I that. feel like she's probably going to die, but I think yeah. it's going to be because she turns on Vader and it fights him, and then she dies for it, or maybe she dies saving Obi Wan or something. And then Vader and Rima fight, and yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my prediction for the rest of it. But we only have two more weeks only left. Two more. I know. I'm already sad. Mm-hmm. I just. I love Star Wars. I love lightsabers. Lightsabers are so cool on screen. I do yeah. not know why they're Star it, Wars. It looks cool. That. It just and they the like the choreography with the fight scenes in this is really good. So Yeah. I'm only expecting a good showdown to be coming. So yeah. Any predictions where you think it's gonna go? Um no. I kinda thought we were gonna see Qui Gon Jin in this last episode. Originally, I thought we'd see him in four after the big showdown, mm. but now I'm not thinking. I now I'm thinking they're not going to do the ghost Qui Gon Jinn, which makes me so sad because they teased that so hard. There, there's still two weeks left. There is. I just, I guess, maybe if he knows he's going to fight Vader, he'll talk to Qui Gon. I think it would just be so cool to have Liam Neeson coming. That that is one thing though too that I've noticed is, and I think Marvel's kind of to blame, but Marvel's doing it really well. Is that they're setting this expectation for cameos. And everybody is now like just watching shows with that. Like they, it's almost like they're not really caring to hear these stories being fleshed out. They just want the, the cameos. cameos. They want, you know, all these like fan service. It's like, no, why don't you just watch the show for what it is? True. We don't need a million cameos. We're probably getting a Qui-Gon Jinn cameo. But they've been we teasing. Have to. The problem with this one is this one's been teased since 2005. So when Star Wars Episode Three came out, Dar- Yoda turns to Obi Wan and tells him, "Like I'll teach you how to commune with your old master, mm-hmm. right?" And so like there's been this, and Qui Gon Jinn was a fan favorite. So like you have this subtle hint, right? And you, we've sat on it for what is this, seventeen years now? Mm-hmm. And then the first time we see Obi Wan Kenobi, they do that little prequel, and the last line in the freaking thing is oh, Yoda telling him, "I'll teach you how to commune with your old master." And it's yeah. like, but we haven't had anything with Obi Wan Kenobi since. Yeah. since this yeah like that's what i mean but they like they put that line in there and it was the last thing we heard before the tv series started yeah. in like that little uh preview or previously on right yeah so that's what made me think they're gonna do like they set us up to think there's a qui-gon cameo oh and i just think that if there isn't 
I, I don't know. It's, it's happening. It's I'm good. certain it's happening, but yeah. Uh, what do you, what are your, how would you rate this episode? I'm going to say seven, a seven. Yeah. I think I give it a seven, five out of 10, Yeah, but I did. I still really enjoyed it. So yeah, that no, was really good. Yeah. It's way better than anything Boba Fett did. So <laughs> yeah, I still need to watch that. You, but you have to because ne- by next February, it's yeah. I'm gonna have to just tough it out. Mm-hmm. It gets better because they stop talking about Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even that it's about Boba Fett that I don't like. It's just what they've done with it. The fact that he gets knocked out four times in 20 minutes. No, not about that. That's stupid. Agreed. Um. All right. Well, the. That's all I have to add. Do you have anything else you'd like nope. to add? Obi-Wan part four. Okay. We'll catch you next week. Um, sorry, this episode is a little bit late. Um, stay tuned for our episode on Tuesday, and you'll hear all about our week and all the fun events that have led up to this moment. <laughs> um, yeah, if it's any indicator, you can hear it in my voice. No. It sound like death. But A little tease. Yeah. Um, yeah, as always, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next week for Obi-Wan part five. Bye.